Any examples used are for illustrative purposes only and do not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and may not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to predict the performance of any specific investment and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. This is another money show. Get set for another hour of the latest financial information and economic news affecting your bottom line. JR and Anthony are committed to helping more Americans like you optimize their income, reduce their tax risk, and reach financial freedom. So let's start the show. Here are your hosts, Anthony Correo and JR Rochford. Here we are, your hosts, Anthony Correo and J.R. Rochford, taking a break from our day-to-day -day as financial advisors with Rochford & Associates, a fully independent, fourth-generation family practice right here in the greater Phoenix area to bring you information you may not find on those other financial radio shows. We are aware that the last thing you need is another money show, but we appreciate you being here. And today, obviously, ton of stories in the news. Um... A lot going on in the Middle East. Are we starting there? I mean, well, I mean that's the big girl in the room. I so, and we're not a political show, as we keep having to say to people. But I can tell you, I, I guess I'll start out by saying uh, that it, it's a hard one. I mean, the more I read, the more I'm disturbed. I was talking to a friend who's got a young daughter, and he helps with the show. I don't want to say his name, but he's a guy that knows about the show and does work for the show, and he basically. He encouraged me to avoid giving any feelings. He he even went as far as to say, you know, quoting Cat Stevens or Yusuf or whatever his name is, you know, promote the peace train. We we have to settle down in this country. We have to settle down in this world. It's it's ugly. You know, one of my questions is I heard a commentator earlier today saying this could lead to World War Three. Um, I guess I'm a little lost. We've got the Gerald Ford aircraft carrier over there we've got troops we've got tanks we've got missiles in ukraine you know we've got a presence near north korea we've got all these people in japan that are ready in case china invades taiwan if this isn't world war three i guess I'm a little lost you know well, or we bring up the 10 pillars all the time and one of them is geopolitical i know you mentioned civil war in this country but geopolitical that's everywhere else in the world and here it is yes and it is potentially this is where it really grows legs i mean optimally weather wise from now until the next six weeks is the best time for china to invade taiwan will it happen i don't know i mean you know but i, I can if that happens then it's it's done i mean we've got fighting the middle we got the east well i guess that would also still be the east but uh yeah we got yeah, yeah three different sections of the world all fighting at the same time yeah, I think if China invades, that's going to be the the catalyst for all of this. But how does it affect your money? Because the stock I'll market. I'll tell you how it affects my money. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's a good thing. War is good. We, you know, we've seen Wag the Dog. We know war is a good distraction. It's a money maker. You know, and let me finish up with my friend who has a daughter. I think about you. I think about my my other sons. I want you guys to have peace. I've said forever. I want you to have some semblance of what I've seen. I want you to have a good Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. I, I, we need to slow down. It's very disturbing. Our whole thing on this show has been about current events and how they're going to affect your finances. My bottom line on what's going on in the Israel area, you can't do anything about it. There's nothing any of us can do about it. 
So let's button up your personal situation. You know, our day to day, as you always say, we're financial advisors. So one person, one couple, one family at a time, let us help you and get under the radar on your personal situation. But I do agree. I, I'm not a warmonger. I do think it's it's very financial. You know, a, a couple direct ties. You're right. The stock market has been primarily up this week. I looked at Northrop Grumman stock on Monday. It was up 11%. You know, I'm watching Raytheon, all these stocks. I'm like, holy cow, General Dynamics, you know, just like clockwork. So it's actually been kind of a good thing so far. I can tell you the financial markets, in my humble opinion, are way too high and they need to tumble. So if something gives right now, hang on, <laughs> hang on, watch out below. Um, well, do you think this, aircraft- I mean, the government's broken and if we're going to now fund two wars, um, separate wars, which could end up combining to become a single war, do you think they pick up the printing presses again? Do you think inflation yeah, gets worse? Of course. Of course. I mean, and my thing with the politicians, you know, we have no inflation or inflation's come back down. Oh, give me a break. You know, we're not at World War Three. Yeah, we kind of are. We're around the world. We don't have inflation. Yeah, we kind of do. I went to the grocery store the other day. Usually I don't get to shop because I spend too much money. Yeah, not anymore. And I couldn't put too much in my cart. I'm not a multimillionaire. So yeah, no, this is this is not good. Uh, Jim so, puts something on our screen. Where my uh, go-to and how I figured out inflation because Totinos were, you know, a dollar for as long as I've lived. They've only been a dollar. I don't know how they didn't increase at all. And now I think they're two dollars. I'm just like Totinos. What are you twelve? One interview frozen pizza oh, are very gross. These ones. For at least a dollar, you're like, it's not going to be the best. And it doesn't even necessarily taste like pizza. It's like a pizza adjacent, but. Uh, All right, we're splitting up. Dollar. That's it. We're splitting up again. I'm going to eat. I'm going to introduce you to Gino's Pizza. Home run in. I've got a few pizzas oh, for you to try. Trash. Absolute oh, pizza. this is it. Jim, can you get us two separate shows next week? This is it. I am going to Doomsday Planners after all. So Jim put something interesting up on our screen. 52. U.S. politicians in Congress who currently hold stock positions that directly benefit from war in the Middle East. Of course, you know, we were talking about Nancy Pelosi last year had an opportunity to stop this whole insider trading sham. Of course, they're not going to do it. The rich get richer, the poor hover, the middle class is shrinking on steroid. It's not going to change. It's just getting worse. You know, my whole thing with these politicians, by the way, I wonder how Bob Menendez is getting along. I haven't heard anything the last two weeks. I wonder how the Sam Brinkman freed trial is going to have not heard anything in the last couple of weeks. Our attention span is very, very short. Well, but, you're the um, news. So if you want to bring it up, talk about it. Good. Let me bring up the news. So how much does it cost? And by the way, we are 33 and a half trillion in debt as a country. Not that that affects anybody. 12 zeros beyond a number. It's not something we can conceive or fathom. But how much, and this is something I haven't looked up. Maybe it'll be a good task for me tonight. How much does it cost to move an aircraft carrier over to that area of the world? Is it hundreds of thousands? Is it millions? I mean, we're almost out of ammo, I read, meaning the government is saying we're getting dangerously low on ammo. I know we're dangerously low in the world, the reserve oil currency, the strategic oil reserves. So money-wise, I'm not sure how this plays out, but sooner or later, it's going to get worse. Speaking of which, let's get away from the Middle East right away because I really, I get a little passionate about this. I do have feelings on who's right and who's wrong personally. We all do. But I also think financially, not a good time. And I think that if this keeps going, if it ramps up, we even heard that there's... And Anthony, when you were new in the office, if you remember, 
I took you to a class on training camps in this country. There are Muslim Brotherhood training camps to do a jihad one day in this country. And you thought that was kind of a far out there, a little bit of a stretch on reality. Well, that doesn't make it not exist. And there are ones in pretty much every state. And now we have an open border. Jesus is going political. There's a whole bunch of people coming in this country. What if this is a time to make some chaos or a ruckus? Can you describe the ruckus in the United States? It probably would bring the ruckus. It will affect your finances, but it will also make people panic. And we don't need that in our lives right now. We need some peace and calm, you know, because next year we have to get back to the political season. So that'll be a joy. So back to money. Let's switch it to money right away. You know, how are things going in the world with our finances? I, I pulled a couple articles this week. One is on France. So, you know, we talk about the nations that are going towards the central bank digital currency, the CBDC. If you don't think we're heading that direction in this country, please reach out to us at 623-523-0444. We'll shoot you a little information on that. We're, we're well pla- past the planning stage. We are in the stage where they're pretty much ready to implement in this country, but now yeah, so is France. imagine, you know, when we first started this show, that's when people were kind of iffy on whether or not it'll happen. And you kind of got thrown into that conspiracy bucket. I think at least now everybody sees it coming. I don't think we have to convince anybody more. It's just how will it be initiated and when. But when, I think everybody sees that it's coming now. I don't think that's as much of a discussion as it used to be. But there's a lot of people that still don't want to believe that it could happen. They want to put their head in the sand. They want to get stuck in that normalcy bias. So I like to bring it up. So France, apparently, is ready to go. Representatives of Banque de France, the French central bank, have embraced the, a couple key words that I'm about to give you. The global perspective on central bank digital currency. I will fast forward a hair. On October 3rd, Dennis Bow, B-E-A-U, not B-O, or else I wouldn't be able to pronounce it, the first deputy governor at Bank de France, France, do I have to say France? Do I have to sound uppity here? Called CBDC the catalyst for improving cross-border payments by enabling the buildup of a new international monetary system. So, you know, when this country who can't run the post office or anything, when we go to do our central bank digital currency, we may be pretty isolated because everything I read, and I pulled another one, by the way, with uh, Korea, South Korea is also in the stage of, of being ready for this. So a lot of the world is done with us. They know our world reserve currency is fading fast. They are de-dollarizationing us fast. They are trading oil amongst themselves in different currencies like the rupee, India. We brought up Indonesia a week or two ago. Everybody's getting rid of the United States. So I thought a year ago, it would pretty much have to be a global central bank digital currency. Not sure anymore. All these countries keep saying global and international, but I don't think they mean to include us. I think pretty much the rest of the world has had enough of us. So that kind of scares me. France using the euro or did they drop off of that? They're in their own Brexit because I don't know. Is France trying to do their own currency outside of the euro or is this a part of the European Union? Coming I'm together? guessing the European Union because what I just read didn't say they want to do a French central bank digital currency. It said the word global and the word international just in one sentence. And they're working with the Bank for International Settlements, the BIS, on getting this in place. It doesn't have a time frame. Nothing I can find 
says on January 1st, we launch. I mean, there have been some of those, what, South Africa, I don't, I don't remember where, but we've seen some of those that have very, already launched. But these bigger ones, these big, bigger countries that are coming in, they're they're not saying when, but they're they're definitely saying it's coming. So we, I don't think um, we can. That ties into uh, what was the other thing you sent me? We we're talking about the BRICS nations. We've mentioned this up a few times on the show, um, but they dropped another. Was it seventeen point eight billion or seventeen billion in one month they're of our treasuries? They're the, dumping them. The U.S. dollar. The, yeah, they're dumping it quick. It, it's insane how fast they're trying to get rid of us. Yeah. Well, I mean, even Janet Yellen uh, mentioned a while back, she's like, yeah, this, the dollar's dying. Everybody's trying to get rid of it eventually. So that's, we are still long ways from, uh, you know, losing our status as the, uh, God, what's the word I'm looking for? The, what's the, the dollar, the. HFMIC. What? H- no, 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 no. What is we were talking about? Our dollar, the petrodollar, world the power, universal, the the uh, world reserve currency, world reserve currency. I don't know why it took me so long to get that. But when you look at the the percentages, yes, the dollar is dropping, but we're still way ahead of second place by a while. And the British are way down there. I'm saying, I'm not saying it's not. It's not an overnight thing. I, nobody said it's an overnight thing. I'm always saying that I think everything's changing from right the heck now, or actually years ago. I, it's going to be a 20, 30, 40 year. We, you know, we had a conversation with one of your friend's fathers, who is a published author. Can't say his name. He's a brilliant mind. And he he gave us what he thinks are the stats. He was like, this country is going to be 75% gone in 20 years. It's going to be 90% gone in like, you know, 40 years. It's going to be all the way gone. The country's not going to exist in 100 years. I I mean, who knows? Well, I think it's not going to exist in the way that it exists now. It's not like it's going away. Where's it going to go? It's a landmass. Oh, for Pete's sake, Anthony. Totino's. Seriously, do you still eat Hot Pockets too? Dude, what are those little pizza things that burn your mouth? What are the little Totino's pizza rolls? Do you eat those too? Um, No, I, yeah, what you're saying is on a time frame, nothing goes away overnight. And I get that. The Roman Empire, which is my favorite analogy of this country, it, it, it went away slowly. And then at the end, all of a sudden, we, we proportionally, we're a big, huge country. You know, when they did a bail-in, if you haven't researched the word bail-in, I still, I still really think you should. When they did a bail-in in Crete, when they did, you know, in, the, in Greece, in Cyprus, in different countries, it, it, everything was showing signs. They asked people to put their precious metals holdings on their tax returns years before they failed. When they failed, though, it was just boom. It was a Friday. And then by Monday, they had failed. The banks, the, they were closed. So I just, and, and our government, by the way, what was it last November? They told us they're going to do the same thing here. We just don't know when. You know, we, we have the recordings. We protected the recordings. We have the government saying, we, the people are basically, I'm paraphrasing, they don't have a need to know because they're too damn dumb. They're going to panic. You know, if it's not time to panic a little, I'm not sure what is. If you're still you know, having a heavy position in the banks. What are you not reading that I am? By the way, last night on my way home, I will not name the woman's name. One of my neighbors was walking her dog, cute little dog, by the way. And we stopped to chat and somehow I got to finances and the radio show and a little bit of that. And I'm, I'm never pushy. I'm not poaching. I'm not trying to encroach. But she brought up the fact that their financial advisor has them very heavy in banks. Luckily, they've gotten out of stocks and bonds. I said, oh, that's, I said, that's good. 
I said that my fear right now, and I don't know the day that you need to be out, but my fear is stocks, bonds, and banks. Act accordingly. And she's like, but, you know, we, we got our stocks, but we're banks. You know, what else can we do? And I was like, well, you know, a lot of this is still based on your date of birth. I can't ask you to go out and buy a duplex or an apartment complex when you're in your 70s or 80s. I can when you're in your 30s and 40s if you have the means. You know, hopefully the world does cooperate enough to let you have it for any length of time. But I was like, you know, have you ever looked at short-term fixed annuities? Oh, no, no, right away the, the face went a little bit different. We don't like annuities. We, we don't, no, no, no annuities. You know, and, and the conversation went further. And I said, well, you need to do a little research. She said her, you know, they don't like annuities. The advisors like annuities. I'm like, advisors, if you're out there saying you don't like annuities, I want to know what kind. I right away, I said, well, my understanding, there's good annuities and bad annuities. I said that when you have a life only annuity, so let's say you put it on you and you pass away and it, the money stays with the insurance company, not to your beneficiary, usually your spouse or your kids or grandkids. Uh, yeah, you don't want one of those. I also brought up variable annuities. I brought up risks and fees and mortality expense charges and ratcheted death benefits. And her eyes glassed over. I said, but did you know, you're saying right now, you too are worried about the banks. Did you know that we have a one-year product at an insurance company that I, I would call a CD alternative? And, and it's paying in the 4% range currently. By the way, today is the 11th of October, 2023, as we record I said, you're in the range of 4%, which is probably not far off of your bank. I said, but if you go home and you go on FDIC.gov and you find DIF, the Depositor Insurance Fund, and you find that you're about 1% covered on your money up to 250000 zero coverage over, and then you look at the insurance companies, which have to be registered in the separate states who have to have coverage on your money 100% or more, I'm like, you have guarantees with annuities. You do not with your bank. So she did not know that. And I thought further, and we actually even talked a little bit about the fiduciary rule. And I said, do you understand that if you go into an advisor's office with a 401k or IRA, you know, the, the fiduciary rules through the Department of Labor, they have to be held to the best interest of the client standard or of the fiduciary, if you will. If you come in with a checkbook with another pot of money, they do not. I'm like, explain that to me. The fiduciary rule was meant to protect people, mostly 65 years of age and older. And how on earth does it only protect my IRA money, my, my qualified funds, not my regular money? That doesn't make sense. We work in some city. We have a whole bunch of people that when they get into their 70s, 80s, and 90s, they're not comfortable with the risk anymore of the stock portfolio. So they get out of their 60-40 mix and they start going towards safer vehicles. Well, they've always had bonds. You get less equities, more bonds. You're 60, 40, all of a sudden it's a 70, 30. Then all of a sudden it's, sorry, going the other way. And and now you, I wouldn't even trust bonds as much as I would in the past. You know, people used to do bond ladders. They did CD ladders. I'm talking about a fixed annuity ladder. And and at least she listened enough, you know, for it to pique her interest. And she said she was going to ask your advisor. And how I tie this into the advisor, if you're a fiduciary, how can you be a fiduciary if you work for a big brokerage house? How can you be, unless they're completely selling independent products? I worked for MetLife first four years in this industry. How could I be a fiduciary? If, if, a, if a couple came in and they wanted term insurance for their grandkids, for grandkid gifting, or for their kids, or they need term insurance, and I knew that it was 30% cheaper at West Coast Life or some other carrier, and I still sold MetLife because I was not allowed to do what they called selling away or selling on the outside. How can that be a fiduciary? Do I tell her or him? Oh, you can get insurance through whatever, you know, through CNA or some other carrier. 
but I can't sell it to you or I'm violating my contract, my captive agent contract with MetLife. So yeah, I said, you, first of all, your advisor, it, it, it breaches the fiduciary duty if they haven't told you that the world around you is chaotic. We still do financial planning with the rules based on your date of birth, your income, your assets, your risk tolerance. Let us help you figure that out if you don't know it. I realize we all want 10 to 20% return with no risk. And over the last 15 years, we've had some quarters, we've gotten it. But that that's it's been almost too good to be true at this point as we go into World War III. But anyway, I, I, if you're an advisor and you're not at least talking about annuities and saying there are some that are good, there are good. Yeah, that's that's advisors have opinions. I get that. And why do some of the advisors not talk about annuities? Two things. One, in my opinion, one, they don't sell them. Ken Fisher, I'm talking to you, even though you're a big investor in insurance companies, you don't sell them. The second reason, what makes me more money, Anthony? What makes you more money? If you sell stocks, ETFs, if you sell stuff where you charge 1% a year, for example, in 10 years, you just made 10%. You're, you're taking money, rain or shine, money's up, money's down, doesn't matter. You know, Ken Fisher, when you do better, we do better. Or what about when you we don't do so good? What about 2008? Did you waive your fees? Did you suspend your fees? Did you rebate your fees when you lost me some money? Of course you didn't. The other reason I think advisors aren't working on talking about annuities, guess what, how they work pay-wise. They give you, as an advisor, a commission. Anything you ever do with money, there's a commission. You go into a CD, you're like, oh, it's free. It's not free. It works on a spread. They put your money in things like mortgage-backed securities and derivatives and stuff that is kind of scary in this world right now. But you, if you're if you're getting 4%, they're basically having to try to find a way to make 5 or 6%. So you did pay for it through a spread. If you do a fixed annuity, three things have to happen. First of all, the company needs to make a profit. Good. I want them to. I want my money back one day, whether as an income stream or a return of my premium. The second thing, they have to give you, Mr. and Mrs. Client, a decent rate of return or you're going to leave them. Third thing they need to do is pay the advisor a commission to find you. But if you put in $100,000, all $100,000 goes in. In their general earnings, they're going to pay out the commission to the advisor. Guess what? One time. There's no trails. There's no motive to sell these as much as perhaps some securities, even some variable annuities where, yeah, I mean, they're, yeah. I've seen variable annuities in brokerage accounts, wrap accounts. I've seen it all. And a lot of it, I'm not sure whose best interest it's in. But anyway, I kind of got off track a little bit. But you know how you cure South Korea and France going to digital currency and Israel fighting and World War III and all that? You take care of your personal situation. And I am very quiet about annuities because half the people we meet are like, well, Dave Ramsey said, you know, Susie Orman said, uh, you know, Jim Cramer, Jim Cramer, who's got a, a ETF fund, Anthony, if I'm correct, that does whatever he says to do the opposite and it's making money. So these people are authors, they're entertainers, they're not necessarily financial advisors. So I want people to know what are stocks, bonds, banks, and annuities. And by the way, when you do annuities, the whole key to it, moderation. I'm like, if you have $100,000 to your name, I'm never going to put $100,000 in an annuity. I'm going to put some money in cash in your house right now because I am worried about the world imminently. And then I'm going to keep some money in the bank because you have your cell phone and your insurance and you have all your bills. And then I'm going to have some money laddered out. 
I might go to Anthony and have some money ready for opportunities. If we have another 2008 and the stock market gets cut in half, that means there's opportunities. If we think the world's going to stay the way it is, then it's a time to buy. Right now, it's really more of a time, depending on your situation, maybe to look at selling. So, And then I'm going to talk to you about annuities because we can be safer than these bank CDs. We can give you guarantees. And a year later, you get a 30-day window and you can say, I want my money back or I want it to roll over, whatever. So, sorry, Anthony, you haven't gotten really a word in in the last about seven minutes, have you? I have not, no. Have you had fun though? Isn't this great to hear me back on the, you know, last week I was a little bit down. I was like, yeah, I talked to John and now I'm sad and the sky's falling and chicken little, nobody wants to hear me. You know, I don't care. It's, it's crunch time in this country. Our whole thing, we want you prepared, not scared. We want you proactive, not reactive. We are in probably the most glaring window in the history of this country for you to hunker down, get educated and get yourself proactive, not reactive and prepared, not scared. I just took over again, didn't I? All right, I'm not going to say another word. We, we, we have time to the break. Go ahead, Anthony. What do you got on your plate? Is it going to sit here in silence? Well, it does look like segment one's almost done, but obviously we're going to talk more about the banks because they are our favorite subject. Uh, we got more from the Biden administration about loan forgiveness. Um, and then we've got some numbers that are really kind of, and that this is more not just U.S., but Arizona-specific financial numbers to go over with you that are, kind of terrifying and things that we've been predicting and say are going to happen, but here's some numbers to back that. But in the meantime, while we're in break, if you can't get enough of our voices, you can listen to Another Money Show wherever you listen to podcasts. You can check it out on our website at anothermoneyshow.com. If you want to reach out to us directly and you want to tell JR how much you hate annuities, you can reach (laughs) us at team at anothermoneyshow.com. We will be right back. You're listening to Another Money Show. You and I in a little toy shop Buy a bag of balloons with the money we got Set them free at the break of dawn So one by one The Taylor Swift effect has seeped into the NFL. I'm Jim Tarabocchio with the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife. Recent rumors suggest Kansas City Chiefs Pro Bowl tight end Travis Kelsey and music icon Taylor Swift have been dating. Reuters sports correspondent Amy Tierney has more. But with a global footprint, the multi-platinum Taylor Swift has an extraordinary influence. And retail experts have seen an enormous uptick in jersey sales for Travis Kelsey, not just in the United States, but internationally. Sports stars and celebrities from various industries have been romantically linked in the past, but this crossover has presented serious branding, marketing, and financial opportunities. Last Sunday night's game, for example, between the Chiefs and the New York Jets drew 27 million viewers, the largest audience for a Sunday TV show since the Super Bowl last February. NBC Sports states further that viewership among teen girls in particular spiked 53% from the season-to-date average of the first three weeks of Sunday night football. The audience among women ages 18 to 24 was also up 24%. On the retail side, e-commerce site Fanatics says sales of Kelsey's jersey spiked 400% following the Chiefs game against the Bears on September 24th, the first time Swift was spotted in the stands. Kelsey's podcast New Heights has also clinched the top spot on Apple's podcast charts. NFL fans and Swifties, an odd couple to say the least, but revenue-generating opportunities abound. For the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife, 
I'm Jim Tarabokia. Fixed annuities, including multi-year guaranteed rate annuities, are not designed for short-term investments and may be subject to restrictions, fees, and surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuer. This is another money show. Except this one's different. This one will actually keep you awake. Welcome back. You're listening to another money show. Anthony Creo, J.R. Rochford, and just jumping straight into our uh, favorite topic, the banks. You know, we've brought this up a couple, you know, we bring up the fines and all the wrongdoings of the banks all the time because it's hilarious to us. Um, but I, I know we mentioned a while back Chase Bank being fined, I think it was $900 billion or $900 million, almost a billion dollars for securities fraud. And when they got caught, they were kind of a slap on the wrist. And I haven't read through some of the paperwork that just said that they were put in charge of correcting the action. So you're making the criminals in charge of correcting the criminals, which is fantastic. But there is a, a new article that just came out that also has to do with these major banks. And this has to do with derivatives. And I'm sure you've heard... JR mentioned derivatives a ton of time on this show. It's almost impossible to explain. It's so convoluted. You know, when we say that the market isn't the market anymore, it's all manipulation. This is a part of it. This is gambling on gambling on gambling. And there's a great scene in the movie, The Big Short, that kind of explains it. But we don't have to get into that. All you have to know is that derivatives exist. These banks are all involved in it. And there is the Commodity Futures Trading Commission. And they have been looking into the misdeeds of Chase, B of A, and Goldman Sachs and have recently fined them $53 million, you know, respectively between the three of them. So basically what they said, swap deletes must be reported to the pre-trade mid-market marks so that the counterparts can be informed of what these decisions are. And this is based on the Dodd-Frank Act of 2010. Goldman, they're saying, has since violated this rule over a million times. Jared, can you think of anything you've done over a million times? Yeah, but I can't talk about it on the radio. <laughs> no, that's it's insane. We make light of it because it is funny to a certain extent. It's not funny at all. It's not funny how it's funny. Like, how do they get away with it? You know why? Because they are in bed with the politicians. So, and by the way, you know what I heard this week? Just this week, Wells Fargo is getting ready to downgrade banks. The irony of that. Yeah, Wells Fargo. Well, you do understand that Wells Fargo, financial advisors in the whole, you know, financial part of that bank, they tell people what to buy and sell, right? You know, they downgrade stocks all the time. They probably just upgraded Northrop Grumman and all those. So they are Wells Fargo is downgrading banks, meaning the advisors and the genius, you know, leadership at Wells Fargo is saying it's not a good time to buy banks. Wells Fargo, you, you're the one that opens fake accounts and closes auto loans for certain people. And it, it's hilarious to me. Wells Fargo is going to tell me it's not a good time to buy a bank. Wells Fargo, you should have told me about for the last two decades, it's not a good time to buy your bank, but you didn't. You probably opened up a fake account in my name and you bought Wells Fargo bank stock for me. So I, I don't know. I just find it hilarious. And yes, they I clarify which banks or is it just banking in general? Because we've even kind of talked about that. I, mean, I didn't see names. 
they didn't. The sector. It said they're they're basically saying it's not a time to buy into the banking sector. And well, by the way, Dave Hodges on a video yesterday said that there are 400 banks right now that are being very, very closely watched. You know, people that think we're out of a bank run. I got news for you. Anthony, you have some numbers, right, on, on how bad the banks are bleeding currently. Do you have those handy? <laughs> well, yeah. But going back to what you said before, they just downgraded the entire banking sector. And we've yeah. kind of mentioned that, that we think with the digital currency, there'll be less need for all of these smaller banks. Yes. So I think it's going to skyrocket value of some banks such as Chase Wells, uh, B of A, if it gets to that point, And then all these small community banks, which before we said were the way to go, you can build a relationship with a small community bank. You're just a number to chase. Um, but we've kind of changed our tune. We, you know, we think that they, those could be going away. Maybe this is their kind of prediction from that. But yeah, I mean, this all ties together. You know, the four per, or, uh, the run on the banks, they're saying right now, year over year, they gave a big dollar amount, but they said it was 4% increase in uh, money leaving year over year. But there was another number in that article that really surprised me and more more so scared me. I mean, the population of this country is growing. Things are getting bigger. But physical banks went from 96,000 branches in 2013 to 78,000 now. I mean, that's like a 15, 96 to 78. Yeah. And what what do you mean the country is growing? You mean the birth rate is rising in the country? Or do well, you mean... I know what you're getting at, and it's a comment. No, no, no that'll be political. I'm not doing it. No, I'm tired of making fun of the Canadian border. They can come in. I don't care. Um, yeah. And the bank what? system is dying. Everything's going to digital. I mean, we, we've even kind of touted if banks are a necessary evil if you are going to leave money in there have an online bank too they're the only ones paying interest yep yep no and it's in the online banks i mean at least if you're with a brick and mortar if things get sketchy or you think they're imminently going to do the bail-in which is coming at us like a freight train um you can go into a branch if you've made friends with the branch manager or some of your tellers you're gonna have an easier time getting a little more money because what they're giving you is kind of discretionary at this point what, do you, what, do you, what happens if they start throttling your money at Ally or Capital One or Discover? I mean, what do you do? I, I, mean, I know right now where you go to think You are at a physical bank location too. I mean, that doesn't really change. So if you, you have to have it one you, place or another. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You can go, when I had trouble getting $5,000 at one of my local banks right up on 99th Avenue, uh, they said, if you need all 5000 we will call another branch that's close by and you can go get the other 1000 so I was still able to get 5000 that day. What if I went online to transfer 5000 from my Ally account to one of my brick and mortars and they said no? Well, then I can't really go to another branch, can I? So I see what you're saying. That's a fair point, yeah. I mean, if they throttle me at Ally to $4,000, I am going to freak out. And the first thing well, I'm going to do- The biggest thing too is they're not going to warn you. So that's the whole premise of this show. Right. The whole reason we took it on is be prepared. Have cash at home have art assets, have access to stuff. Because if you don't physically have it, I don't really think anything is yours anymore. Nothing you have in the bank, nothing you have in the stock market. Even as much as I love annuities or the fixed index annuities, you know, you don't physically hold them. So you have to have... But when they do a bank holiday, when they do what they did in Greece and they said, don't panic, your money's safe, but you can only have 60 euros a day, which at the time was in the range of $60 a day, 
you're going to panic. At, at least with your insurance companies, they've never done that. During the Great Depression, when the government went broke, when stockbrokers were diving out of windows, from what I hear, when the market went down like 91%, when, the, when Al Capone became a superhero and, and got people you know, soup and bread and there were government cheese, the insurance companies loaned and gave money to the government to keep the lights on. Why would I think that's going to happen again? I mean, I, I, I trust insurance companies more. The, the point about if we go to a central bank digital currency and you have money in the bank and you have money in a fixed annuity, so I want my money. If I take my money out, the bank can say, no, read Dodd-Frank. You don't have to read all 2,000 pages or whatever it is. Just do keywords. They can say, no, you can't have your money. We agree to that when we put our money in the banks. You don't agree to that when you put your money in insurance companies. It's different. You can have your money. The, the thing is, when it comes out of the bank, the little bit that you can get is going to go into the central bank digital currency. And then maybe the government's nefarious and we're going to go to social credit scores. I don't know. But the insurance company, you can have it. It still has to convert to central bank digital currency. So that part doesn't matter. But up, up until that day, at least right now, I don't see anybody going to an insurance company saying, I want my money. And they say no. They don't. They have reserves. They have stability. They have conservative investing. Obviously, you want to be with somebody independent that can shop different carriers and not just put you with their captive one. But no, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, it, the insurance companies Use your words. The are apple, <laughs> apples and refrigerators. My words, I'm all flustered today because, you know, last week I was downtrodden. Is that a good word for an old man like me to use? I was a little bit I was sad. I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm done. I'm tired of people saying, yeah, well, you're just, you're wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm not. The 10 pillars, revisiting the 10 pillars like I did two weeks ago, every single one is inflamed currently. And by the way, I don't want to spend much time on this because I don't think it's appropriate, but that one, the one, you know, the end one about civil unrest, perhaps civil war, and then division, you, you've got a country, the media, the government, you've got people you know, a, 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 a politician came out last weekend in a recorded speech and said, we need to deprogram people. Did you hear that, Anthony? I realize that's 100% political. I don't care if you have any politician. I don't give a crap what side. And they say people in this country, one side of the country needs to be deprogrammed. And that's the word that was used. We are ready for civil war. It's what is going to be the catalyst. And unfortunately, I can tell you, the people that, that this person wants deprogrammed, they better be careful. They, they better not start fighting until the fight's underway because they, they will not win. If they're proactive, they need to be reactive. But I don't, I don't yeah, but we better be awfully careful. Well, what leads to stuff like that? It's the civil unrest, um, you know, that kind of ties into what we were talking about with numbers from Maricopa. They're saying that the evictions right now are mirroring what they saw in 2005, you know, leading up to 2008, you know, when all of that got started. It was saying that uh, right now we're within 1% of the record in one month. It's almost Is it close to 8,000 people? In one month. Evictions. Yeah. So, and right now we have the most robust housing market I've ever seen in my lifetime. So when that cycles, because everything cycles, when that, sorry, realtors, but when that cycles and we start having evictions from homes and people lose their mortgages, uh, their homes, uh, well, yeah, they're, they're going to want to Don't have a rest. place to live. 
you know, they don't have jobs, they don't have food. What do you do? What do they have to lose? And you've exactly. got a media who is really, really pitting us together. I mean, on a big scale, black versus white, gay versus straight, haves versus have nots. They're they're pitting people together. And then you have desperation set in. And then you do have to worry whether or not there's going to be a, uh, you know, a day of jihad this upcoming Friday. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball, but I can tell you if you mix all this stuff together and, and you know what, if, if we had a civil war, if we had unrest, by the way, you know, you got all these people that are robbing stores and people having to putting items behind glass and you have all these people that are getting carjacked and home invaded, even though we haven't seen it yet in some city, you know, we hear about it in big cities. So as all this is going on, how does it end? Yes, I realize it'll be 20 or 30 years out. It ends in a nation divided. And the best we can hope for is there's general lines, for example, political, because that's in our face. You know, the last few years, there's parents and kids that don't speak because one thinks orange man good, one think orange man bad, and they disown their own family. So that's dangerous. But, you know, so we're going to have red states and blue states. And, and I'm making a sweeping generalization when I say this, but the people in the red states are going to be pro Second Amendment, anti abortion they're going to be they're going to be anti-vaccine they're going to, there's going to be a certain stereotype that gravitates towards certain states and then there's going to be others that gravitate towards others i mean i would say right now california new jersey new york there's states that that there's you can make a stereotyped case for what kind of people are living there the people that are leaving california by the way they've added to our traffic here in arizona so you know it's, it's been a little bit problematic here but it, you know the people that are leaving california they are people that don't want to be in that state anymore that's basically gone broke beautiful state i mean san diego is a gorgeous area even though I, I i haven't been there in years but i've heard that it's really kind of going downhill you know higher homeless population more drug yes. use i've heard it's changing but i haven't been there in over 10 years so i wouldn't know personally but it, it, it's all dangerous and the thing that you're talking about the eviction i don't i haven't gotten to look into it yet but i heard somebody last week committed suicide they were evicted and they committed suicide they're like i have nowhere to go because you just asked what happens you know, I mean, gas is really expensive. Everything with inflation is bad. If you evict me, where am I going to go? If I'm lucky and I have family or friends that will help me and take me in, I guess I'm okay. But I, I and I need to verify that this is true. But I heard somebody actually killed themselves because they were evicted. They didn't know. It happens all the time. That, that's pretty freaking sad. But what's the answer? Do, does the government come in and do a debt jubilee one day and they say there's no more mortgages, no more credit cards, no more vehicle loans? Do, do we do another bailout where we send people checks? Well, I, don't, I thought you didn't want them to do that for student loans, right? I don't. That's essentially, you, went you got the loan. Get off my lawn. Here I go. Archie Bunker. I do not. Yeah, but just because loan. I had the potential to be screwed over doesn't mean that everybody else moving forward. No, we start over tomorrow. We start over tomorrow. When you, you know, here's a perfect society. Make me the president of the world. I'll be a dictator. But let me, let me have the seat for a little while. You know what? Starting tomorrow, if you enroll at GCC or GCU or ASU or NAU or wherever you go, you from starting tomorrow, the tuition rates are going to come down. Let's make it a little bit less dramatically off of the inflationary numbers over the last two decades. So let's let's be real on what they're being paid. They're paying, and let's start with a different system. We're going to let you do this. We're going to forgive you loan. None of it makes sense. We people would be like, "That's crazy." Now now you're all going to go to school for free. We you know what? It doesn't make any sense. But you know what? I helped your mom pay off her student loans. It took years. It was a weird compounding interest. 
there was one late payment before I met your mom and it made the the interest rate go up because she was late on a payment and it was just a horrible loan. But we got through it because we took out the loan. You know what I heard this morning? There's a company, I think I can say the name. I'm not saying anything bad here. There's an attorney firm called Lerner and Rowe. And as I was getting ready this morning for work, I heard a commercial from Lerner and Rowe that basically is promoting. They're looking for people to file for bankruptcy. I haven't heard one of these commercials in a long time. And I was like, here we go. You, you're, you're advertising this not so bad. On the commercial, the, the announcer says, you know, people think that it haunts you forever and it wrecks your credit score. That's not true. The, you know, there's no negative stigma. It's like, holy cow, that's dangerous. So when I look at these, you know, I hear these commercials for Optima tax relief and, you know, do you owe more than $10,000 in tax debt? We'll get it brought down. Wait, wait a minute. Fair is fair. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. If you have an income where you have to pay taxes, you pay your taxes. If you signed up for school, you knew the terms, you, you had- Nobody to- knows the terms. They're predatory loans. And they're predatory loans that screw 18-year-olds who aren't even trusted to drink, yet they and can sign hundreds think- of thousands of dollars in loans. And then their yes. parents co-sign for it. So the yes, parents, parents get screwed on too. Okay, and let me go down that road for a second. Do you think anybody understands the terms when they buy a vehicle? Do you think Definitely. anybody understands the terms of a balloon payment at the end of your vehicle or your mortgage? Do you yeah. think people understand the terms on their bank? We, we used to have paper. We used to have white, yellow, pink, triplicate, legal size paper. When you open up a bank account, you could take it, read it. I think I'm probably the only person on this planet that actually did. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you, when I put my money in the bank, you can do whatever you want with it to make money. And then you will do your best to give it back to me, although you don't have to. Yes, that is a summary of what you agree to when you put your money in a bank. So now it's all with a stylus and a pad. You know, they, you, nobody reads that stuff. We, we all went paperless, so we don't read the little insert that comes in our statements anymore. It's a, this, this is all crazy. So no, I, you're right. Nobody understands the terms. They don't understand the terms of anything. Who's actually showed up at a title company when they're buying a house and said, well, I'm, I was always told you don't sign anything unless you read it. Do you know who did that actually and frustrated his own stepmother at the time years ago and the title people? I got That's kicked out. I was buying a house in Desert Harbor. This was 1994. I'm buying a house. And I get to, I don't remember, whatever, title company. And I start reading the stuff she puts in front of me. And you're old, whatever she would be to you. Anyway, so this woman sit with me and they're both kind of confused. And I'm like, well, I'm not signing anything that I didn't read. And they're looking at each other like, what what the heck's wrong with this guy? And the woman at the title company said, well, we're going to reschedule your appointment then. And, you know, I'll give you a copy of all this and you go read it. And then if you want to sign it, sign it. But you can't have the house unless you sign it. And so I'm the only person I've ever met that actually left a closing appointment, buying a house. I still got the house. It didn't throw anything off except by a week. But I went home and I read it and I had some questions on stuff. And I asked them and I got the answers that I wanted. Do you know when you buy a mortgage in most cases, I'm not sure if it's all, they can call the note. Did you know that? They can sell your mortgage to another company. We all know that because you start out with Wells Fargo and then all of a sudden you're at, you know, whatever, you're at Fairway soon or the other way. So, but did you know that they can call your note? If you're in year two of a 30-year note and you still owe $334,000, they can call that note and say, you have so many days to pay it up or we will take your house. You did know that? Yeah. I don't think most people know that. I think if people ever read what they signed in the title or company paperwork, they'd be shocked. Same thing with the bank, same thing with the car, same thing with student loan, same thing with credit card debt. So I don't know. You know, I'm not sure what the easy answer is. By the way, 
insurance companies. So something just I want to get off my chest. I, I've seen a lot of insurance company, uh, Liberty Mutual. That's what I keep seeing a lot. I've seen some USAA, some State Farm. We There's a, a little bit of a, a issue coming up with these insurance companies. No matter what state you're in, they're raising your rates pretty hardcore right now, even if you have no claims. I'm talking like some of these are 25, 50 and higher percent. I got an idea for you. It's just a thought I had, just a random thought by a JR. Got an idea for you. Stop advertising for a while. We know you. We know who you are. We know if you have a gecko or if you have a funny little emu. We know all that stuff. We know if you have Jake. So stop advertising for a while. That's big money from what I understand from advertising. So stop advertising. We'll find you if we need you. Put that money back to not raising my rates for a while. <laughs> Sorry, Anthony. I just I, I got off track there for a second. No, I mean, it makes sense. That's why we go to brokers and let them shop for us. And most of the companies Very I've smart. never heard of. Very smart. Yeah, at least they're not taking all your money for advertising. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to know something else that annoys me, as long as I'm taking a break from our show right now to get stuff off my chest. When I read these articles, when I'm looking for stuff for the show, when I go on YouTube and look for videos that give me information that I can vet and verify with three or so other sources, stop with the pop-ups. Have you ever tried to read an article on anything that's negative on banks or something? You, you, it's so hard to get to the article because one after another little video. Oh, I got I'm sorry. I have to, I have to agree here too. I have to chime in on this. YouTube has really gotten comfortable with those double ads. I mean, it's really starting to get to me. Yes. I mean, if you're in a, if you're having, I mean, I want the audience to picture this for a second because a lot of them, I think could relate. Everybody uses YouTube now, especially the young people and even, you know, people that are closer to JR's age. Hey, hey, hey. Picture picture now. (laughs) You're going on YouTube, you're not in the greatest of moods that day, and you click on the video you want to see that might make you feel a little bit better, or it might give you some hope that maybe we can salvage this day emotionally and become more, more jovial, right? And all of a sudden, you see two ads that pop up, and you say, and it go, I, I hate the, you're one out of two ads, and you can't, in five seconds, you can't skip, and then, of course... Right. Yeah, you just want to throw your device that you're watching YouTube right through a window. I understand I'm completely. I'm so glad it. you know that. I mean, I you you two are a lot younger and more mellow. You're less Archie Bunker. I, it, oh, man, it's annoying. And I go on. I got YouTube Premium, so I don't have to deal with any of that. Is it free? No. Then I will never have YouTube Premium, and I'm tired of all that too. We we and we don't anymore. So I guess now I can bring it up. We used to kind of borrow your network. Your uh, was it Netflix? password we used to be all of them well and you are family and you did live with us for a while but when you moved into your own home we kind of kept all that stuff going so i know morally i'm bankrupt but it felt pretty good not to pay these little stupid fees every month (laughs) and all these things they add up we left cox communication i won't name names here but we left a big cable provider because it got way expensive and you showed us how to cut the cord cut the cable and we did all that and then when you left and there were certain things we went to look into we're like holy cow you know, this one's nine ninety five a month. This is this. You know, Jay's got Spotify. I'm sure you have Spotify too. All these things are pretty expensive too. But at least it's more a la carte. So I don't have to have 80 things and I can only watch two of them. Yeah, the really? subscription thing's kind of getting out of hand too because everybody has their own now. It was, it was unique and it was nice. But just like anything, you know, it'll get too much and then there'll be a new resurrection of something well, else. And to that point too with the with the whole subscription model everybody talks about you know cutting the cable now but 
you have all these new these subscriptions to all of these streaming services, and it almost becomes as expensive as a cable bundle, as a cable package. And I, you know, I thought about getting YouTube TV not too long ago, and and you know, talking about finances here, YouTube TV they continue to raise their price to a point where it's going to just be like cable again, just yeah, without I, the cable box. The only yes. difference I would say, because I get what you're saying about that, but it's yeah, I don't the commercials. That's why it's worth paying for the subscriptions. Because even though it's the same price as cable, I'm not sitting and deal with all the commercials. I don't have the patience for that anymore. And I appreciate you guys having the patience for our show. Because that is it for today's show. If you like what you heard, you have questions about any of the topics today, or you want to sit down with us to review your personal situation, you can reach out at team at anothermoneyshow.com. Find us on the web at anothermoneyshow.com. You can book appointments straight from there. You can check out small clips on YouTube. I don't know why Jared loves saying that so much. Um, you can listen to full episodes of the show wherever you like and subscribe to podcasts. Remember, if you want to speak with us, there's no minimums. We hate when companies do that. There's no costs for appointments. There's nothing to lose by getting a second opinion on your financial situation. Um, until then, we'll see you again next Saturday at noon right here on 960 The Patriot. Thanks for listening to Another Money Show. You deserve to work with a private wealth management firm that will strategically work to protect your hard-earned assets. To schedule your free, no-obligation consultation, visit anothermoneyshow.com. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM. A registered investment advisor, BCM and Rochford Financial are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Are you concerned about market volatility, rising taxes from the Biden administration, and how it could affect your retirement? Then listen to Another Money Show with J.R. Rochford and Anthony Correo. Learn how you can reduce the taxes you pay before and during retirement. Another Money Show every Saturday at 4 p.m. on 960 The Patriot. Schedule your free, no-obligation consultation now by calling 623-523-0444. That's 623-523-0444. Do you want a steady stream of income for retirement? Then it's time to consider annuities. I'm Matt McClure with the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife. Gone are the days when most employers offered pensions with guaranteed lifetime payouts to their workers. But what if I told you that you can build your own personal pension? It's possible with an annuity. An annuity is a financial product that provides a series of regular payments to an individual over a specified period of time, often for the rest of their life. There are several options for you to consider when choosing an annuity. Be confident in knowing that there is an annuity out there that can meet all of your needs. Ford Stokes is founder and president of Active Wealth Management and author of the book Annuity 360. There are several different types of annuities, including fixed, variable, and fixed indexed. A fixed annuity offers a specific guaranteed interest rate on their contributions to the account. A fixed index annuity is an accumulation-based product offered by an insurance company. The growth of your fixed index annuity is dependent on the performance of a chosen stock market index, but your money is not actually invested in this index. This offers you great growth potential and exceptional protection for your investment. While each can provide tax-deferred growth and a lifetime income stream, Variable annuities put your principal at risk in the market. If you are currently investing in a variable annuity, your funds could be in serious trouble 
if the market experienced any downturns. With so many possible choices to consider, it's essential you speak to a financial advisor or professional to help you make the best decision for your future. So, are you ready to consider an annuity as part of your retirement plan? It's a key question to consider as you approach what should be your golden years. With the Retirement.Radio Network, powered by AmeriLife, I'm Matt McClure. Fixed annuities, including multi-year guaranteed rate annuities, are not designed for short-term investments and may be subject to restrictions, fees, and surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuer.